0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It's a big night. Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. The super fight finally happened. This is your first time at visiting Fightful.com. Check us out more often. We cover pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, and especially the crossover between the three. And there is a lot of it, as we saw tonight. We have forums, photos, videos, uh, podcasts, exclusive news We're the one who's broke the news about Ronda Rousey training for a pro wrestling career. Uh, Lots of good stuff over at Fightful.com. Tonight, I am joined by two men, one of which is uh, lead MMA analyst, host of the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, which you guys can check out every Tuesday live at 3 p.m. on Fightful.com.
1: Showdown Joe, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm just, uh, I'm still... Buzzing off of this high, that was absolutely incredible with this money fight. So, but yeah, we'll get into it. I love it.
0: Also, we are joined by uh, the author of the Fightful Boxing Newsletter. If you guys haven't checked that out, it took a little bit of a hiatus this week because he's busy getting hit by cars and stuff. But uh, lead boxing writer of Fightful.com, Carlos Toro. Carlos, how are you doing tonight? You covered the event.
2: Yeah, listen, no vehicular manslaughter, or at least attempted vehicular manslaughter, would get me to not cover this fight. And listen, you talk about crossover. We got we got the three crossover guys right here, Joe, Sean, and Carlos. We are here for you guys.
0: Uh, yeah, Carlos literally got hit by a car a few days ago, and he was here to cover this event. That means a lot. Also, he did a great Spanish-language uh, update, weekly update, for Fightful.com for the event. I took a look at the landscape and I was like, you know what? I think we need this. So uh, thank you to those of you who checked that out and supported that. That means a lot. So here we go. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. The first thing I want to say, and Carlos, I'll see if you agree with me. Contrary to the reports, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor were not scheduled to do a damn thing at 1115 Eastern.
2: Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I don't know where anybody got the idea. If you had seen any boxing show or at least any boxing pay-per-view, you know for a fact the main events never go before midnight. And knowing with, with the pay-per-view outages, I knew for a fact that they would try to delay this, maybe get some last-minute buys. They, they were going to do this maybe twelve fifteen at the absolute earliest. And, I mean, overall, I did – even with these outages and everything, I thought this was a fantastic card. I thought this was a really, really good boxing card, and the event was actually a success, in my opinion.
0: Showdown Joe, I know that you, you had a wedding to attend throughout part of this card, but did you see the alerts, all the news alerts that said, uh oh, a pay per view delay? Yeah. Delay now.
1: <laughs> on the way home, uh, as we were driving home, I noticed. Uh, well, I had my phone on all night, so I was trying to pay attention to what was happening on the undercard. Uh, you know, uh, full disclosure, Carlos, I don't follow boxing as much as I do MMA, obviously, but I wanted to see what was going on with the results. And we were on the highway back from the wedding. Uh, for those that, do- that that know the Greater Toronto area, I was on the west side. I live on the northeast side, so it's a bit of a drive to get home. And then I saw the tweet, or I saw some some of the information coming in, in terms of pay-per-view issues fans are complaining i'm like oh this is shades of pacquiao mayweather i've seen this before uh but i do recall that evening i was able to watch that fight uh not exactly the most exciting fight i'll say that but uh i just i all i cared about guys was getting home turning on my television and seeing a picture and i saw it and i'm like sorry for all the other peeps but i got the fight and i get to watch the money fight so yeah i I saw the warnings and i was just cross my fingers let me just get home turn the tv on and see that it's there
0: Yeah, this is is not an unusual tactic. Well, I'll say this. Starting the main event at midnight is not an unusual tactic. This happens all the time. And it's – I heard it more than ever. Boy, I wish I was half as popular every other day of the week as I was this weekend. I'll tell you that much. And I'm sure that you guys feel the same. But all day I had people asking me like, hey, how can I pirate this? Hey, how can I – what time is this fight going to start? I'm like, guys, I don't know how you can pirate it, but the fight probably won't start until at least midnight. At the very least, midnight. Uh, it did, and uh, the, as we expected, that's, that's just
1: how it went down. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm missing what, what you guys are trying to say here, but, but what, what seems to have happened that people thought that these two gentlemen were going to be in the ring at 11.15? I mean, with all due respect, that, that just sounds asinine to me, only because, I mean— what guys? We've been around this game for a long time, and even I'm at a wedding, and people are saying, "What are you doing here? A, should you not mm-hmm. be in Las Vegas covering this fight? B, if you're not in Las Vegas, should you not be working somewhere?" I'm like, "Hey, I'll be working later on tonight. I'm going to watch the fight." Like, "Well, what time are you leaving?" I said, well, "I can leave here at ten thirty. Takes about forty-five minutes to get home." Well, why? Well, they don't get into the ring till twelve, twelve fifteen, twelve thirty. So you guys are saying this to me? Like, what did I miss?
0: Well, it was it, was, it stemmed from a report that aired on ESPN or that ran on ESPN that said they were set to take the ring at 1115. No they weren't. There was a 10-round fight and two 12-round fights. Theoretically, That's if silly. those went the distance, it couldn't have happened. So I mean, I I thought it was an impressive way to get some last minute buys. Yes. Because as yeah. we saw by that Vegas crowd, there wasn't a lot of interest in the undercard, even though I thought that they especially um Badoo Jack. God, what a performance he had, which we'll talk about later, Carlos particularly. But I think it's time to talk this main event fight. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. It's that it's just it's the fight that, that we all came to see, it's the fight we were all there for. Carlos as a boxing analyst, how would you look at Floyd May or Conor
2: McGregor's performance? You, you know, when I came to the, to this fight and I've been thinking about it time and time again, like, is you know, is the MMA skills going to translate to good boxing skills? I was not even sure. At the end, I thought, you know, Conor's going to give, you know, a, a, an okay performance for someone who's never boxed professionally before. But my goodness, he absolutely blew away, I think, everybody's expectations for this fight. I mean, right from the get-go, we knew... Floyd was going to play defense. He was going to not barely throw a punch in the first few rounds. But Connor certainly made Floyd work, at, even on the defensive side. And remember that on the very first round, late in the round, where he had that wicked uppercut that split Mayweather's defenses. And I was like, "Wow, this is this is a surprise." And kept going on and on for the first four, three, maybe sometimes four rounds, and even land a pretty good shot early in the eighth round. So, I mean, overall, Conor McGregor has nothing to be ashamed about. He earned my respect, and for every anyone that has common sense, you know, they kind of earned their respect as well. Go down, Joe, in my opinion, if you were to say,
0: how would you assess uh, Conor McGregor's performance, I would say this ranks about number two, maybe number three in – Realistic best-case scenarios. You're muted,
1: Joe. My apologies. That's what happens (laughs) when you try and drink water when you guys are talking. Uh, To echo what Carlos was saying, uh, anyone with common sense, let me me, me say it again, anyone with common sense will compliment Conor McGregor on his performance tonight. I mean, my final tweet before we came on the air here was, you know, I give props to the guy for daring to be great. He had no business before this fight being in a ring with Floyd Mayweather, the greatest boxer of our generation, of his own generation. He had no business being in there uh, with his mixed martial arts striking where they can't compare or compete with boxers. And he went in there, uh, and that uppercut that Carlos mentioned stunned me on my couch. I was like, ooh. He did it. He landed it can he can he land more? Can he do more? Can that power get past that defense and, and the bottom line is this is exactly what you know Sean you and I spoke about leading up to this fight. It's pretty much what we expected if it was going to be a fair fight. I was getting crazy enjoyment just out of the, some of the comedy that was going on you know i did I did send off a couple of tweets you know hashtag um, what do I call them rabbit punches no what do I call uh, hashtag um, hammer fist, hashtag oops. Underhooks, you know, he was winning the Underhooks battle. Floyd threw four elbows that I counted that were legit elbows. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we were having fun there. But the fact with Conor McGregor with his performance, he should be proud. He went 10 rounds with Floyd Mayweather and having never had real professional boxing experience. How can you not be proud of the guy? I mean, it it sucks. It's a loss. And we'll get into the finish momentarily. But I'm happy for the guy. Walk through the fight. First round was a McGregor
0: round. But there was a big red flag, in my opinion. And, Carlos, I'm sure you saw it as well. Floyd didn't throw any punches.
2: No, not at all. I mean, the first, maybe you can even call it in the second round. I think it was, I think he made, Floyd maybe threw six punches. I think that was what the uh, Showtime commentators said. I mean, the first couple of rounds, we knew Floyd was not going to do much offensively. But to, to be practically non-existent, I was like, Wait, I, I am I going to meet glasses or something, or did I just see Floyd Mayweather pretty much stand idle with his hands crossed up for the first six minutes of the fight? I mean, to to an extent, this was to be expected, but I mean, come on, like Floyd, I at the very least try to make McGregor, you know, respect the jab. You know, he did do that, in you know, starting the fourth round, but I mean, the first couple of rounds, I think this was kind of risky defense because. Listen, you can play all the defense you want, but you but you don't win fights just on pure defense. You have to throw at least some punches to keep Conor off rhythm. I mean, the first round, it was totally a 10, about as lopsided a round against Floyd Mayweather I probably have ever seen in my life.
0: Shout-out to Dang MQ in our YouTube chat, who drops a reference that Carlos will understand. How long until Triple H sends a replica title to
2: Mayweather? <laughs> oh my god uh, probably pretty soon probably yeah. pretty soon because triple it'll, look,
1: it'll
2: it'll look better than the money that. belt yep oh my it'll god look, look I, the money belt. I don't think i've ever seen such unanimous animosity towards a wrestling belt or at, or at the very least the design of any uh silverware um accessory i have seen in my entire life everybody just outright hated it it was hilarious
0: Now, Joe, I had a lot of things running through my mind after that first round. One is, is Conor really succeeding here? Is this part of a Floyd Mayweather game plan? Is this Floyd Mayweather proving a point? Is this Floyd Mayweather
1: clowning? What did you think as you watched that first round? I I know what Carlos is saying, but I expected this. I expected the first two or three rounds for Floyd to be relatively calm. Punch numbers I thought were going to be a little bit up. Throwing six punches in the first round is kind of awkward, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Carlos is right. That is risky. It's very risky considering the power that Conor has. But this is Floyd Mayweather. He's done it before. And we talked about the uh, the all Access episode when he told his young fighter, uh, the gentleman who won in the co-main event by a knockout. Um, Gervonta Davis. Gervonta Davis. He basically said um, when he sat there, was it was a technical knockout?
0: Uh, it
2: should have been a DQ. And I think it was... I actually I think it was considered a knockout. Um I think I have it right here. I think
1: it's Yeah, that's that's what I saw What's I read there. But, but what I'm trying to say is if you watch the All Access episode when he's talking to him, he says, "Look, you know, I this is not verbatim, this is not an exact quote, but he basically stated, "I won I win my fights with patience." And you don't you don't fight patient without understanding your opponent, understanding distance, understanding where his power's coming from, understanding his footwork. Uh, and the only way to do that is to actually get into the ring with them. And when you do that, you have to start – it takes time. You only got three minutes, I understand that, but it takes time. It could take three minutes. It could take six minutes. It could take about seven to eight minutes. You need to see it in front of you. So, honestly, Sean, I wasn't overly surprised at all with Floyd Mayweather starting the fight slow. I thought he was going to pick up the pace a little bit more in terms of the numbers of the punches, so he wouldn't give away the round. I can understand being slow and, you know, at least trying – you know. And you you talk about it all the time. Throw your jab out there. Throw something out there to see if you can understand what your opponent does. If you throw it straight down the middle, does he bob left more often than right? Does he bob right more often than not? Take a look at what's happening. So I wasn't overly surprised with what Floyd was doing early on. I thought it was risky. But that was the game plan he admitted to it in the post-fight interview. That's what he was trying to do. Let Connor get rid of all those big punches, slowly but surely, and then they'll take over as time went on.
0: Round two played out in, in very similar fashion. There weren't a lot of punches thrown by Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Mayweather was in the corner, and McGregor throws, of all things, a hammer fist. This was a theme that we were seeing throughout the evening. Now, Carlos, I'll ask you this. We see Conor McGregor tie up Floyd in a manner in which we pro- Floyd's probably never been tied up that way before. Do you think that was kind of Conor making a point, like see what my world is like type of thing or like maybe what that's, that's how it felt when he did that initially, but then it became a recurring issue. Like it started to happen over and over and over again.
2: See, the, the way I kind of looked at it was that, you know, Connor, how long has Connor been fighting an MMA? I mean, years and years and but years. Do, yeah. Do you suddenly have to unlearn all of that in a few months I mean that you're you're asking the near impossible for Conor. So I didn't really, you know, he may that may have been by design. But the way I kind of look at it was that this was just simple muscle memory, res, uh, residual muscle memory that Conor's had from fighting MMA for so many years. You know, you spend so much time, you know, doing the hammer fist, and you know, suddenly subconsciously your your muscles go like, all right, we've been in this situation, this is what I'm what I'm usually supposed to do. So it's really. You know, it, did it kind of get ridiculous up to a point? Yeah, but it, to an extent, it is justifiable because, you know, Floyd's—I mean, Connor has been boxing, training in boxing for a few months. I mean, that's not that you can't unlearn an entire sport you've been doing for over a decade in a span of a few months. It's impossible.
0: Joe, we we do see Connor does make it very evident, like you wouldn't be long for the world in my world in, in these situations. But uh, one thing I noticed from the, from the shoot and Carlos, I'll get your your thoughts on this as well. Referee bird did not even look at Floyd Mayweather when giving the instructions. That drove me absolutely nuts. I thought that was a little, which as we would see later, fair, fair (laughs) given the way that Connor didn't abide by many of those rules. But I felt like, almost like it was on the playground and like a teacher was like, no, this is your fault. It's going to be your fault. Now, to be fair, it was Connor's fault,
1: but oh, I, listen, I, you, you yes, that you part. could say majority of it, Sean was Connor's fault, but don't kid yourself. Captain sure. Floyd Mayweather. There is a dirty fighter. Always has been just knows how to get away with it. So I do give Floyd a bunch of kudos for understanding how to get away with it. Connor, uh, you know, as, as Carlos mentioned, you can't unlearn certain things. Like you can't throw hammer fists to the back of head in, in MMA, but in MMA you're not used to being broken up all the time. Dude comes into you, you know. You see how fast Connor was dropping those underhooks in. Like you're not getting an underhook on Connor, Floyd Mayweather. I'm sorry. So it's stuff that he was so used to doing that at times it's like. And plus, you have to understand, or we, uh, everyone listening has to understand something here. Conor McGregor's not used to being in that situation and that type of experience, where he needs to relax once they clinch, or just be on, more on defense, not necessarily on offense. He clinches. He's still trying to do something. He's still trying to throw punches. Okay, he can't throw the straight punches. The head's here. I'm going to try and do something. Those are bigger gloves. I've got to do something. I've got to keep hitting. This is the greatest boxer of his generation. I got to try. Maybe something is going to annoy him, so he's going to keep moving at all times. Unfortunately, a lot of them were hammer fists. But if you go back and watch that fight, Floyd Mayweather was throwing elbows. That left elbow came out very, very big time. And a couple times, I'll do two things. Uh, he was being pretty dirty uh, off of the break, number one. And there was a beautiful shot. I wanted to just stop it, but I'm like, we got to watch this fight here. Conor lands an inside left hook because referee Bird was on on, on the opposite side, tried to break him up. And it, right before he breaks him up, he just lands an inside left hook, which kind of turned Floyd's head inside. I was like, Good job, Connor. Very smart, there, son. They're both being dirty. Just that Connor was getting, uh, you know, more licks from the referee, sort of thing. But we also saw Floyd getting getting warned as well. So, hey, man, both guys knew what they were doing.
2: And yeah, it didn't really surprise me. I mean, let's face it: for boxing fans that has you know seen the sport for a long time, Robert Bird is not is a no-nonsense referee. I mean, the commission did probably the only smart thing throughout this entire thing in selecting the referee, because Robert Byrd, one, has plenty of experience uh, refereeing Floyd Mayweather fights, and he knows how Floyd Mayweather is. And believe me, and up to a certain point, you know, when he was – Floyd was giving his back to Connor on purpose to sort of provoke him to keep hitting the back of the head, maybe get a point away or maybe even get a DQ, and, and Robert Byrd was – he knew what was up, and it's like, don't do that. Don't turn your back to Conor on purpose. I see what you're doing, so I mean, yeah, you're right. Floyd. At first, I thought Floyd was basically, hmm, wonder what's up with Connor. And then at, at the fight kept progressing, thought I could use this to my advantage. I could totally exploit Connor's lack of experience and totally, you know, get the advantage in certain spots.
0: Round three goes down, and there there's much to be talked about the scores. Well, let, let's talk about those. I had round three for Conor McGregor. Carlos, you on the on the coverage had round three for Conor McGregor. The uh, the, the running judge, I don't want to say the uh, the unofficial scorecard also had it for Conor McGregor. However, at the end of the the fight, scorecard read eighty seven eighty three. 89-82, 89-81. Does that surprise you, Carlos?
2: It, you know, to a certain extent, it did, but it didn't really Didn't I mean, one of the judges, uh, Dave Moretti, he's done a lot of uh, Floyd Mayweather fights. And, you know, he's usually the one where he kind of skews at times in favor of Floyd Mayweather. What surprised me how... Almost all the judges, and you know, unanimously, were saying like Connor barely won a round. I'm thinking like, what more could Connor have done in those first three, maybe four rounds, depending on who you ask, to to get the ten points? Because, I mean, the the judges. I mean, when the judges were picked, I thought they were fine. They know how to do these type of major events. But I think that was just a little too on the nose, trying to make sure that. You know, Floyd gets the 50-0 record because contrary to what people uh, may believe, Floyd Mayweather still runs Las Vegas, not Conor McGregor.
0: Joe, how did you have it scored after, well, how many rounds did you end up giving Conor McGregor?
1: Uh, I gave him four rounds. I gave him the first three rounds, and i could you could have made the argument. I think it was round eight uh, you could have gave to Connor as well, so but I had Floyd ahead of my unofficial scorecard uh, when I actually saw the scorecards pop up on the screen at the end of the uh, end of the event or you know after the fight. I thought, Oh my goodness, this is one of the reasons why I stopped watching boxing. I stopped watching boxing because that is asinine uh, to not give Connor McGregor. Those three rounds. I mean, he won those rounds, in my opinion. And I, you know, I'm not certified as a boxing judge. I'm a certified mixed martial arts judge. But punches landed versus defense. I mean, you're, you're, you're I know it's boxing, but you're there to try and win the fight. You're there to try and win the bout. And that's what Connor was doing with, by throwing punches. Uh, Floyd, you know, it's, it's, it's no different. And and for those that are mixed martial arts fans that are watching this fight here, if you go back to Lyoto Machida and Ritsu Shogun, uh, their original fight, their first fight when, you know, Machida basically said, I took off the round on purpose and Shogun was just landing leg kick after leg kick after leg kick. One of the judges in that fight was Cecil Peoples who scored the round for Lyoto Machida because leg kicks don't hurt. So sometimes there are judges, no matter how experienced they are. Um, I don't know what they're watching. And, and, and I don't know about you, Carlos, but I mean, if, if you're judging a fight, depending on where you're sitting, I can understand in MMA if something is happening on the opposite side uh, of where you're sitting, you may not be able to see anything, but you, know, you hopefully have a monitor. But in boxing, it's a little bit different. Even if the action is on the other side, it's a ring. You can see a bit better. I don't know what these judges or a couple of those judges were looking at.
2: You know that you actually brought up a really, really good point. Is where the judges in boxing are positioned. I mean, uh, a few months ago, I spoke to Joe Cortez, who actually was the referee during those uh, Paul and and Conor McGregor sparring session. I spoke to him, and you know, he basically was telling me, "Look, the way judges are seeing the fights, they are put at a complete disadvantage because when you watch a fight, the best way to watch it is kind of when you're looking at slightly down." When it's sort of on eye level. But the problem is, all the judges are, mo- are looking up. And sometimes they're looking up from across the ring. So they have terrible vantage points. And that's been something Joker has been working with the WBC, I think it was the WBC president Mauricio Suleiman, on trying to fix. He was trying to, he, yeah, Joker has actually told me listen, you know what would be a really good way to give judges the best, um, the best vantage point? do it like in tennis where you basically have them high up on a pedestal and you get to see the fight from around eye level or maybe below eye level. And, you know, to an extent, maybe that was right. Maybe that that's why we saw so many lopsided scores from the judges. It's possible that from what they were sitting, they didn't think Connor did that well in the first few rounds.
0: Now, one of the things as we get into the the Mayweather rounds, like it, it, there was no way to avoid this. No matter what happened, there was going to be that, that type of thing from each from each side where, like, MMA fans, like, I don't want to say MMA fans. A lot of MMA fans would be like, boxing fans are just so mad that McGregor or Mayweather didn't knock him out in one round, and then you would have people say, Mayweather, let this fight go to 10 rounds. Mayweather, let this happen. Mayweather, let that happen. Like, there, in, there are just some people that, where there's no win. In that. This is vintage Floyd Mayweather. What happened? As as we mentioned on the previous show, you gotta get to him early. But when you do get to him early, that is your best shot, but it's also your undoing as well. Carlos, that's what Floyd said he was gonna do, and that's that's what he did.
2: You know, and I give Floyd a lot of credit. He was I I I think he said he was gonna take um, win the fight in the ninth round. I, I could be wrong on that, but if it was. Um, he was pretty damn close uh, on getting there. He was off by two minutes. And look, you're right. Floyd looks sensational. Uh, we, you know, as I wrote in the, uh, in the preview article, once you get into the sixth round, seventh round at the most, that's when Floyd Mayweather not only increases his intensity, he actually is way more efficient. You know, as I was, and as I wrote, like when you look at that 2012 fight against Canelo Alvarez, the first six rounds, um, Floyd landed 35% of his punches, if, if memory serves me correct, from the second half of the fight onwards. He not only threw more punches; it was way more accurate. He threw, I think, around 50% on that fight, and we just saw that there. Is opening in the fifth round, we saw Floyd Mayweather take charge, landing that jab. I mean, there's in his prime, there probably was no better um, jab puncher than Floyd Mayweather. You know, in the world, I mean, very few people can say they have a jab up in that level and we saw in this was totally vintage Floyd Mayweather in my opinion this this it reminded me of maybe this wasn't the exact same performance but it did remind me of the Mayweather that beat Ricky Hatton back in 2007 I mean and that's you know that's how vintage Mayweather what this performance is that we have to go all the way back to 2007 to sort of remember this kind of performance. Joe,
0: this is where Mayweather really turned it on, and you and you see the Mayweather of old. You see him uh, go to the body. You see the head movement. You see how he circles
1: off of the ropes. This is the Floyd Mayweather that
0: got him to now 50-0. and 0.
1: Yeah, Carlos, that fight, though, with Ricky Hatton. See, this fight here, we're, we're all saying that this was vintage Floyd Mayweather. That fight with Ricky Hatton, that was ruthless Floyd Mayweather. Because that guy there was—I don't—I don't know what Ricky Hatton did to him to piss him off, but holy smokes, that knockout was just ridiculous. Um, that was a Floyd. That was probably my best Floyd Mayweather fight, my favorite Floyd Mayweather fight ever. Uh, I remember the De La Hoya fight. I wasn't overly impressed with that fight there, uh, but in this fight here, it was nice to see Floyd. Look at somebody and even said McGregor was the dance partner that he needed. This is the guy that he needed to motivate him. Now, again, it's not necessarily a case of true motivation. It's a case of easy money. Because Conor McGregor, in Floyd's eyes, was always easy money. This guy's never competed in boxing before. You want to come here with your UFC power, you want to come here with your UFC striking, you don't have boxing power, you don't have boxing technique, this is a free paycheck. And and Sean, you and I talked about this when we talked about Anderson Silva You know, wanting to fight Bisping when Anderson Silva was in his prime uh, as the champion, looking for easy money. So Conor McGregor is a threat but not in Floyd Mayweather's eyes. He looked at Conor McGregor and said, okay, you know, this guy's got a power punch. He's a southpaw. You know what? I'll I'll figure him out. And once he figured him out, and when he began switching gears, I mean, I I started tweeting, I think, in uh, the sixth or seventh round, I said, McGregor's already starting to suck wind here, guys. He's already taking deep breaths, and Floyd is smiling. Floyd is beginning to pick up the pace. Floyd is beginning to take the center of the ring, and that's not good for Conor. If it happened in the 10th round... That Connor survived it, you know, maybe move on to the eleventh or twelfth. It was happening way earlier than 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 Connor probably expected it. And he started fatiguing. And Floyd was just like, I'm easily, you know, putting the clutch in, switching this one to fifth gear. We're gonna finish this guy off. So vintage Floyd, yeah, I think you you guys are both right there, but he looked absolutely magical uh, when he wanted to. I mean, his precision was absolutely – I mean, I I got friends blowing up my phone right now saying it's garbage, blah, blah, blah. The fight shouldn't have been stopped like that. I I know we're going to get to it, guys, but the fight shouldn't have been stopped. I'm like, guys, it's not MMA, man. Yeah. I've even already had people tell me that it's fixed. I'm like – Oh, yeah. yeah. Big time. (laughs)
0: Let's calm down here. I thought it was an incredibly savvy move by Floyd Mayweather. Because he had retired. He retired on, quite frankly, for Floyd, a terrible pay-per-view number against Berto. A horrible pay-per-view number. He saw Conor McGregor. He saw a willing Conor McGregor. And he was like, you know what? I can make money off this guy, and I can make history off this guy. Not just history in 50-0. and 0, History is in first time this is ever happening type of thing. So uh, Floyd capitalized, did the smart thing. Let's be real, Floyd knew he was not going to lose a fight to an 0-0 o o boxer, regardless of his striking skills in the UFC. And anybody who really knew what was up here knew that he wasn't either. And boy, did he start to show that in the middle and the late rounds. He got flat-out aggressive, more aggressive than we'd seen him in quite a
2: while, Carlos. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And as I was thinking, actually, right before the start of the podcast, I kind of started thinking... Where, perhaps in wrestling, have we kind of seen something like this? And I and I could very well be off the wagon here, but it kind of reminded me a little bit from this year's WrestleMania, Shane McMahon versus AJ Styles. When Shane has not wrestled in a long time, we all thought he was going to do terrible against AJ Styles, who's one of the best in his craft. Yeah. And they just had a sensational fight. And Shane just absolutely blew everyone's expectations. I just had sort of that similar feeling where Connor just came in, there really weren't any realistic expectations of him doing well. And he just absolutely blew everyone's, you know, hopes out of the water. He, he did amazing in this fight. And really, you know, we all knew he was going to get winded if this was going to go into the championship rounds. And this is exactly what happened. So this re- the way this finished didn't really surprise me, but even in late in the round, maybe the eighth round, he did actually kind of look like he could still, you know, make a surprise, a, a surprise, and you know maybe hurt Mayweather.
0: On occasion, McGregor would land a shot, but you or, or McGregor would land a shot, but you could see him getting tired. You saw him get a little more flat-footed. You saw Mayweather pick up the pace. Joe, at what point were you like, okay? This is the beginning of the end. Because we, we could tell you could tell this was a, a vintage Floyd Mayweather game plan, only a much more aggressive version of that game plan.
1: Well, late round five for me. Late round five, in and around round six is when I started, you know, thinking to myself, this is not looking good for Connor. Um I I understand the 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 difference in cardio and mixed martial arts versus boxing is 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 you can't even compare the two because it's a different taxing on the lungs. It's a different taxing on the body, uh, a different taxing anaerobically on the muscles, Um, you you know, from, from from cardio to stamina, there's a big difference there. Uh, I thought for a moment, Connor's cardio would have been a bit better. uh, His stamina would have been a bit better, but again, you know, like like Carlos alluded to earlier, his body is, is almost designed to be in a certain type of, Format. I thought with the training camp that he would have had, he would have been a bit better in terms of getting that cardio up. Uh, But, you know, like like Floyd said in the post-fight interview, him and his dad discussed it. We need to take his big shots early. And with him taking his big shots early, his cardio is going to go. Now, The very first thing I tweeted, so a lot of people before this fight had asked me what what my prediction was going to be. I said, my head will always go with Floyd Mayweather. If you're smart, you're going to pick Floyd Mayweather in this fight. I'm an MMA guy. I'm a UFC guy for the past 20 years. My heart is with Conor McGregor. I said, but when I make predictions on a fight, I don't ever make predictions, to be honest with you. But if I'm going to, it's usually when I see both both fighters male or female step into the platform whether it's the octagon or in the boxing ring i need to see what they look like because mentally i've seen it happen so many times in my career with my own friends who've competed in the ufc or in grassroots mma i could see something there or i know something that's going on that shouldn't be going on and one of the things i tweeted early on guys before the fight started is connor looks really nervous right now this is not the connor that we're used to in the ufc it almost seemed like he was overwhelmed Overwhelmed with this new experience, overwhelmed, and no matter what this is, he's the most confident person you're probably ever going to see uh, in, in any combat sport, but he's still human. He's only 29. He doesn't have experience in this this type of format. That right there causes anxiety. And in terms of anxiety, you're going to fatigue quicker when you begin competing. Once the action starts going, the blood starts flowing, the adrenaline starts going, you start breaking a sweat, you get hit, you know, you're in a fight, fine, it's great. You get that little boost of of, of energy. But after a while, it'll start dissipating or whatever the word is there. So you take a look at that, and then Connor starts getting slower and slower. And round six is I'm like, taking that deep breath doing this you know trying to loosen up the shoulders and stuff like that And i said this is not looking good this is happening too early for connor lo and behold you know fully does what floyd does there's a reason why he's 50 and old ladies and gentlemen the guy's just magical but you know i like i said i'm proud of connor dared to be great man very proud of him
0: round nine is where things started to get real hairy for conor mcgregor he started to wobble you started to see his 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 legs basically looked like his arms while he was warming up last week. Also, shout-outs to Conor McGregor for absolutely trolling everybody who did the parody videos by saying that they all looked stiff. (laughs) And let me tell you, that ain't easy to do because I saw many people fail. Uh, Conor gets wobbled. He gets hit hard uh, with the jab from Mayweather. They both clinched, but... uh, Carlos, do you think that Mayweather was maybe surprised at how easily Conor McGregor was able to take control of the clinch? Like, that's something that I could see as a strength for McGregor. I didn't know it would be this much of a strength, but he really dictated the clinch. But uh, that didn't work for him too much in the end.
2: You know, it really didn't. But, you know, even in the post-fight interview, Floyd said, like, he was really surprised by some of the things Conor was able to do. I mean, even I thought, you know, Conor had – to an extent, like the majority of someone who's already had a few pro fights under his belt, he knew how to work the angles in the clinch. He knew what exactly to do at certain times. Of course, sometimes, sometimes in the clinch, you try to you know, either do a rabbit punch or hit.
3: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Floyd in the back of his head, but, you know, partially that's also because Floyd's been trying to give his back on purpose. But regardless, you know, in the clinch, first of all, there was a lot less clinching than I thought this fight would get. And... And in the times it did, it didn't feel like it was interrupting the pace of the fight. It never really felt like Connor or Floyd were clinching just for the sake of clinching. There was a purpose behind a lot of what both of these guys did. And I thought McGregor knew, certainly had the wherewithal to do, uh, to know what to do during clinches. And in the end, I think the, I think the fact that he got so tired, you know, just kind of you know, sloppy body means sloppy judgment, and in the end, you know, he wasn't even defending. His hands were pretty much down the entire time, even when Mayweather was just rocking him with straight rights. And overall, I think the I think the fatigue just kind of maybe messed with you know his awareness and his judgment in the last two rounds. I think that I think that opening salvo at the start of the A was pretty much the last gasp opportunity for McGregor, and after that, it was all Floyd.
0: What does this tell you about what kind of shape Polly Malinagi was in? The fact that Connor was taking it to him in rounds 11 and 12 of sparring, Carlos.
2: I mean, okay. Malignaggi, to be honest,
0: I'm just hoping that Polly sees this and spends all night tweeting us. That's
2: no, so bad. Although, okay, actually, you actually brought up a really good point. And Sean, you and I were actually talking about this. I think it was yesterday. Uh, but the contrary to what a lot of people in the media were saying, Polly Molly, Najee didn't retire a few years ago. They retired back in the spring. And that's something that, for the ball, kind of really pisses me off because uh, Polly' his last fight was against uh, boxing, hardcore boxing fans know who this guy is, uh, Sam Engington, who is potentially on the verge of fighting for a world title, and in my opinion, the best welterweight boxer in the UK. So Polly wasn't fighting scrubs, so it wasn't like he was completely out of shape, but then again... You know, being in sparring shape is kind of different when you're retired and you don't expect to do uh, re- uh, sparring or box professionally ever again. And I think he was, you know, maybe 24 hours after flying to Las Vegas. And Joe, I'm Joe and Sean. I'm sure you guys have flown all over the country numerous times. It's hard for the body to be mm-hmm. fully recovered from a long flight. I mean, Joe, I th- and I think Joe, you went to Japan for the Rising. Uh, events, I mean, that must have taken you a long time to sort of get your body all healed up and adjusted to the time zones change and all just the, the spread of flying.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you take a look at where, where Paulie's from and where I'm from, we're basically an, in a straight line. I'm Toronto, he's New York. You want to fly to... So if you want to actually break it down, I mean, fly to Japan. You, you're not doing anything when you land in Japan uh, other than, A, sleeping, or if you're hungry, eat. You're not doing anything physical. Uh, I don't even think the Diaz brothers would jump on a treadmill at that point there because you're, you're just exhausted. But I've traveled to Europe, uh, which is basically where Paulie went to. Um I know that flight, when you land, you really don't want to do anything. Uh, to my understanding, he jumped into the ring and got ready to go. You're not going to have much cardio. You're not going to have much cardio. You're not going to have much stamina uh, to be sitting there with, with Conor McGregor. So uh, I know, you know, I, I've called Paulie the gift that keeps on giving, but I've also been uh, a guy that's been sticking up for him. Uh, I've made Sean laugh a few times, kind of rolling his, you know, he's rolling his eyes and, and raising his eyebrows saying, no, 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 no. But Pauly, you know, I, I feel bad for the guy, but – yeah, it's it's <laughs> I don't think he was gonna do good any anyways versus Connor, so
2: Yeah, and listen and I've spoken to Polly numerous times uh throughout the past year, uh when because he and I had to work a lot of Arclay Center boxing cards, obviously him for Showtime and me for, for Fightful, but he's always always a nice guy and he never really came off to me as like a disingenuous person. So I guess to an extent with those videos, he kinda had a point, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I think, you know, Pauly wasn't not in shape, not even close to have to do 12 mm-hmm. uh, rounds of sparring against a guy who's pretty much been in shape for years now, ready to fight anybody.
0: <clears throat> Pardon me. Yeah, uh, I think that Paulie did a lot of the, the visual – Like, I think he did a lot of damage to himself. Showing up at Floyd's gym the other night, saying suckers, implying that he – spied in the camp, things like that. That's a bad look for Polly. That's a really, really bad look, all things considered, for Polly, to the point of where people were like, should he be pulled off the Showtime broadcast? I'm glad he wasn't because he's a phenomenal analyst. He's really, really great at his job. Round 10, Floyd Mayweather TKO's Conor McGregor. As I said at the beginning of the broadcast, if you are to ask me, and I know we're talking about Conor McGregor a lot, the reason why we're talking about Conor McGregor so much is because of the unknown. We had no clue what was going to go on here because we had very little footage to go on. We had about 15 to 20 seconds of very favorably edited footage that Dana White released from Polly Malinaji sparring footage. That's really all we had to go on. So this unknown leads us to this point, And the fight pretty much played out how we predicted on Tuesday's Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Conor McGregor gets TKO'd. Like I said, realistic best-case scenario, in my opinion, Carlos, he didn't go down. He was done. He was cooked. It was a fantastic stoppage, in my opinion. He didn't seem upset about it afterwards. He said, I was tired. I'm tired. Although he did kind of float it out there like, uh, let me get to my corner. He wasn't going to last. He wasn't going to last. What do you think, Carlos?
2: No, I completely agree with you. I thought this was an extremely smart uh, stoppage. I mean, Robert Byrd's kind of been known to let fights play out, but even he's enough of a veteran to understand at this point in the fight against Floyd Mayweather against an oh no boxer. You know, he just absolutely decimating him for the past two rounds. Counter has gotten hurt numerous times before the stoppage. You know, I think even Robert Bird was kind of surprised that you know connor still hadn't gotten down and like once you know he was hoping was kind of thinking maybe maybe I'll, maybe i'll let this go with a little bit more See if connor is you know able to recover but no he connor let his hands down throughout the entire round even though he was getting rocked and robert burr knew that listen at this point there's no way i can let connor in good conscience uh continue to fight in this absolute complete of a mismatch because Lord knows the Nevada State Athletic Commission is going is not going to be the one stopping this fight.
0: I think if you're going to get stopped and you're the UFC and you're Conor McGregor, this is probably the look you want if you're getting stopped, Joe.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first originally saw it, um, you know, I, again, um, <laughs> my eyes and brain are trained for mixed martial arts. That fight would not have been stopped in MMA. Right, either, either something would have happened. Someone would have kept going, but also Connor would have went for a takedown or something like that. So when I initially saw it, I'm like, no, 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 don't stop it! Why are you stopping it? No, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I know he's getting tagged. And then when he saw the replay, I'm like, ooh, that was a good stoppage. That oh, yeah. was a good stoppage because Floyd was just teeing off, and Connor had his hands down. He wasn't defending, and I'm like, thankfully. The ref stepped in there and stopped the fight. I mean, my initial reaction was, yeah, and then, and then, you know, the 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 text and tweets started coming out. Sean, Carlos, it's a fix. It's not a fight. They should let it keep going. You know, even Conor even said, look, I was fatigued. You know what? You know, let me go down. He, he's a fighter. He's going to say that. It's natural for him to say that. Uh, I completely understand that. But the, the stoppage was fair. The, the stoppage was definitely fair. And and you know. Kudos to Connor, man. He took it. He took it. But Floyd was just a mercenary with his precision and landing those shots. I mean, Connor's lucky one of those things didn't land even more flush because he'd have been out cold.
2: And not Floyd, just that, I mean oh, – Go ahead. And, Sorry, and, Carlos. Uh, even then, up to a certain point, I think Floyd was just looking at Robert Byrd like a few seconds before the stoppage and looking at Bird like, are you just going to let me um, – are you going to let me keep doing this? Uh, okay. That's fine. I'm cool. I'm winning the fight. I'm not going to answer back with anything. And it would just start up to that point when Floyd looked at Robert Byrd. That's when you knew this fight was over because there was no way Connor was getting back from it. And, and I think not only that, to all the people that thought that this was a fake because it was an early stoppage, it was not an early stoppage because Robert Byrd was tasked by the Nevada State Athletic Commission to ensure Connor's safety. Floyd's going to be fine. Always been in battles with some of the hardest punchers in the, the sport has ever seen you, the Pacquiao, the Juan Manuel Marquez's, the Ricky Hatton, the Miguel Cotos, the you know the Shane Mosleys. But you know, up to a certain point, there there was a point where Robert Byrd was thinking it's at this point where if Connor's getting run, I'm stopping this fight no matter what happens because if something happens to Connor. Should something happen to Conor, like he gets injured real bad or gets concussed badly, that's on the Nevada State Athletic Commission for, one, allowing this fight to be sanctioned. Two, even allowing the change in glove size from 10 to 8 ounces, which, you know, it may not have done a ton of difference when it was all said and done, but just even the thought and just even the fact that they actually changed this, uh, changed it, even ignoring so many physicians' uh, recommendation of not making the change. Robert Byrne knew that, like, to save the Nevada State Athletic Commission, he had to have made the stop at that point.
0: Joe, as we wrap this up, Connor had some interesting words at the end, and he's always got an interesting take on a lot of concussion-related situations. Like, he, he would tell Jose Aldo, don't fight for a year after the way I bounced your head off the mat. He was saying things like, I'm, I'm still new. I don't have con- – I don't have – a lot of concussions on my record. I can take it. Let me wobble to my corner. While I agree with some of the things that he says in that regard, I don't think that's one of them. I think he was – if if that were to continue, it would have just been a lot worse.
1: Yeah, it would not be good. I mean, it, at that point there – and it was actually a, um, a conversation I was trying to address with a friend of mine who's a, who's a, who's a surface-level boxing-slash-MMA fan, and I'm trying to explain to him, look, the referee is there for a specific job. He's there for the safety. He's there to enforce the rules, make sure no one's breaking the rules, but he's there to protect the fighters at all times. And there's no need for Conor McGregor to take any more punishment. Uh, You know, at at that point there, you're, you know, remember these guys have to cut weight they got to cut weight. This is not where Conor McGregor walks around at. He has to cut weight to get to this. Therefore, the the fluid around the brain, uh, it takes much longer than 24 hours for the fluid around the brain uh, to replenish itself. So now he's getting punched by Floyd Mayweather, 49-0, with tons of power and precision. You don't need to take any more. And, and a fighter will always say it. Always, I'm okay. I'm fine. Should have let me go. Listen, cool, cool. I get that. I understand that. But the right thing to do was to stop this fight when it needed to be stopped. And there's no point in Conor taking any more damage. And like you said, if there's ever a stoppage that could benefit Conor McGregor, the UFC, and MMA in general, this was it here. I mean, there was a question on the live chat earlier on. Who really won this fight? MMA won this fight. And I'm like, I don't know about that, but it kind of does make sense because Conor McGregor looks good in this type of scenario going 10 rounds uh, with a guy like Floyd Mayweather, despite, you know, Floyd dominating this fight uh, in the latter half.
0: We're going to talk about a couple of the the hypotheticals and maybe some of the generalizations in this. Carlos, as a I don't want to say as a boxing guy, you cover pro wrestling and MMA for us as well. In your eyes, the Conor McGregor lose credibility, gain credibility, or just retain credibility?
2: You know, as a boxer, absolutely gain credibility. I mean... How often do you actually get to go toe-to-toe with Floyd Mayweather, you know, and do pretty well on your own? I mean, look at look at the names that Floyd Mayweather has fought throughout his entire career. I mean, it's about as good a list of opponents as you'll ever get in the sport. And Connor went 10 rounds against Floyd Mayweather. He, he had no business of doing so. Everybody, some people kind of thought that it, boxing experts thought that. Conor was going to get knocked out inside four, five, six rounds. And well, certainly didn't think that was going to happen, it, I mean, it was possible, but I didn't think it was going to happen. Conor gained a lot of credibility in boxing as a boxer. But I don't know, I mean, I, except for maybe a Paulie Malignaggi fight, I really don't think that there's going to be, you know, as big a demand for Conor to keep on boxing. Because up to a certain point, Conor's just going to look silly in front of a boxing ring, and his forte is UFC. He does have to defend that lightweight title at some point, um, but overall, I think Connor, as a fighter, not just a mixed martial artist, not just as a boxer, but as a fighter, he certainly gained a lot of credibility. Also, one
0: of the talking points, and Carlos, I'll start with you, is that Mayweather carried this fight. You know, there there is that. I mean, even I had that sneaking suspicion early on that maybe Mayweather is just allowing this to happen what do you make of that
2: you know to extend i kind of believe it because floyd is also floyd's a floyd is a very very smart person despite with you know a lot of people may think of him as a person or the fact that you know those that whole story from a few years ago that floyd can't read and that's certainly been brought up during the uh during the press tour floyd is an extremely smart businessman he knew that getting people, that giving people what they want, and getting their money's worth, and certainly improving not just his credibility, but what he stands for as the promoter. I think that I think it was, you know, I don't know if he led Connor off the hook for the first few rounds, but you kind of can see if uh, Floyd was, you know, taking the the foot off the gas pedal just to see one how Connor would uh, would uh, react, and two just to make the fight longer you know a lot of people have pretty much low expectations for this fight in terms of the quality but the, but i think everybody would be pretty much satisfied if the fight actually went relatively deep which it did and i think by just by doing that kind of almost everybody went home happy and that's what you want for floyd mayweather's legacy and that legacy being carried on by some of his other fighters
0: now the other hot button topic showdown joe it ain't never happening but if it did, hypothetically, how long and what happens in a Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather MMA fight? Which, mind you, would have no effect on his on Mayweather's boxing record if he decided to go do that and sell about 3-4
1: million more pay-per-views. I don't think the question is how long would the fight last because that's totally up to Conor McGregor. He determines what would happen in that fight because Floyd Mayweather would have no chance. Like Conor McGregor had a punching chance tonight. Floyd Mayweather's got nothing, nothing in mixed martial arts. If anyone out there believes that Floyd Mayweather has a punching chance versus Conor McGregor in a mixed martial arts fight, you and I cannot talk. You and I cannot be friends. You and I cannot have a civil discussion. Card off this podcast with common sense. Floyd Mayweather would have no shot against Conor McGregor and Conor would determine how long that fight would go for. Uh, at minimum, it would go a minute because Connor would be like playing around with him, but it would literally be cat and mouse. I mean, it is a different beast altogether when you're talking about mixed martial arts and boxing. Uh, can we make the argument Floyd carried this fight? Yeah, you could probably say that. I I, I could buy that, no problem. But in MMA, it's not even I, – I almost feel insulted that we have to talk about this, to be honest with you. I mean, Floyd's a great boxer, the, the greatest of this generation. In MMA, no. Sorry. I Carlos mean, CM was, Punk,
0: how that went. Yeah, and CM Punk trained for two years and faced somebody much less experienced. Now, granted, Floyd Mayweather does have some pretty nifty boxing to carry over. Also, well, one more thing as we put a bow on this. Jose Aldo tweeted about oh six seven crying faces. Keep in mind, Jose Aldo, the Jose Aldo that got knocked out in about 14 <laughs> seconds. The Jose Aldo that just lost to Max Holloway. Carlos, what's up with this? He's being Tom Petty right now. I don't I don't know what
2: is up with Jose Aldo. I don't know what happened on that night where he lost to Connor McGregor. I mean and certainly I mean his career is not as you know, his stock is as high as you mentioned from that Max Holloway loss, which, you know, first of all, I don't want to say like that that night it turned me into a Max Holloway fan, but yeah, I don't know what, what's up. I mean, I don't know if it was sarcastic or not, because sometimes it's hard to interpret meaning on Twitter, but ooh, I, 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 I don't know. It, it was certainly weird. This whole night was weird. It was. Not in the main event. Joe, I think that was a bad
0: look for Aldo.
1: Well, here, here's what's – Carlos, I, I'm going to address this to you, okay? Here's the difference between Sean Ross Sapp and I. Sean Ross Sapp will look at the live chat and start banning people, putting them in timeouts. I see. Oh, I know
2: that. I've seen that
1: firsthand. <laughs> I look at a Jose Aldo tweet like that, and I don't even regard it. I look at the live chat, and and people can talk shit about me as much as they want. They could say whatever they want about Fightful or Sean or yourself, and I just I look at it and I'm like, if if that's what your life is about, that you got to come on and start ripping people apart. Cool. You got to insult people. You got to look at someone else's, um, you know, in in, in in Jose's case, you gotta look at Connor McGregor's defeat or whatever and just start doing that kind of stuff. To me, it's a bunch of disregard. But I understand if if Connor or a guy like Sean Rossap wants to just go out and blast the guy, I get that side of people. But to me, when I see it, I'm just kinda like Dude, you got knocked out in thirteen seconds. Well, let's be honest, him. I don't ban anybody anymore unless they say ignorant stuff that deserve it no 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 hold on a second i I, when i look over at the live chat and i see that you ban people or put people in in timeouts inside i start laughing i'm dying i'm literally hey hey
0: let's let's straighten this up before jimmy busts the balls racial (laughs) stuff will not be tolerated in our chat
1: yes that's a fact
0: going going at that is true true. again is inexcusable we do not let that that that's what people get banned for in our chats and nothing else Somebody was saying when we were talking about the MMA fight, they're like, why are you fantasy booking? And I'm like, what did you all just watch? This, (laughs) This entire main event is fantasy booking. What we just watched was about as likely as the plot of Rocky Balboa, Like, which the whole premise was that a video game started a fight. Floyd Mayweather had retired and was like, you know what? I'm going to get out of this and make some money off of this. Now, as we go on, of course, guys, make sure to tune into all of our great podcasts. We have post-Raw, post-Smackdown, WWE pay pay-per-view, major boxing pay-per-views, UFC pay-per-views, and uh, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, the List and Ya Boy podcast. The only podcast where you'll see an eccentric millionaire and the guy he picked – to run his wrestling website.
1: Can I make a comment about the fantasy, the the fantasy booking for a second, Sean? Sure. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm an idiot. Call me an idiot guys. I don't care, but we just saw a guy from the UFC grow a pair of balls and fight the greatest boxer of his generation in boxing. Is it not natural to have the exact opposite polar opposite comment to say, how would that boxer do? In the UFC, mm-hmm. how is it a stupid conversation?
2: We had we had that fantasy booking uh, seven years ago with James Tony. We had that happen. Yeah. I don't see what I don't see how people in 2017, knowing that this type of fight has happened so many times, these crossover fights, and how people are still in disbelief this is happening. I mean, it's I, I'm in total shock that this fight happened at all. But don't be surprised if the concept ever actually happening because it's happened all throughout history. Ali Inoki, Butterbean Bart Gunn, uh, Randy Couture, James Toney, Conor McRae Flaming Weather. We've seen that so many times.
0: We will quickly touch on some of the undercard fights. Uh, As uh, Carlos covered those, we'll mainly get his take on them. Trevonta Davis, what's been up with him this week, Carlos?
2: Oh, my God. I mean, I think this was – An extremely unprofessional week for Javante Davis. I mean, not just from missing weight. It wasn't by half a pound, it wasn't by a quarter of a pound, it was by two pounds. And, you know, he's 22. He's 22 years old. There there is no excuse for him not just missing weight like that. It's in the post fight press conference, I mean, um, interview. They asked him, Why'd you miss weight? And all we saw was a Javante Davis. Whose eyes looked like he was a, a deer in headlights, and thinking like, um, um, they made a mistake. Oopsie, poopsie, and 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 the finish was bad. I don't know if it really was an intentional um hit to the back of the head, but you know, I just kind of looked at it and thought that you know, Javante Davis, you know, his stock went down, and those you know, Javante Davis had the had the most to win. From this week, now this kind of means that I think he's going to move up to 135 pounds because there really is nothing else that Javante Davis wants to do at 130 pounds. People are clamoring for Javante Davis vs. Lomachenko. I don't think that's what's going to happen, maybe ever. But you know, he was the IBF champion at 130 pounds. He can certainly challenge for the IBF title 135 pounds so when the champion's Robert Easter Jr., who is good, but I think he's not an opponent that. Uh, that Gervonta Davis would have trouble uh, fighting against. He's beaten Jose Pedrosic. He's beaten Liam Walsh in England in three rounds. You know, if he, you know, it, he looks like it looks like Gervonta Davis is following the Floyd Mayweather career trajectory, and him moving up to 135 pounds is, is the next step.
0: How in the hell did that gear get approved by a commission? And why did he think it was a good idea? Is this a normal thing for Javante Davis?
2: No, I mean when I spoke to him, when I first met him back in the Barclays Center when he won the uh, the world title in January against Jose Pedrosa, what I saw was this quiet, shy little uh, 21. I think he think he was 21 at the time, or maybe just turned 22. He, in the span of a few months, he just he even became like Floyd Mayweather Jr. Junior. And it was, it was certainly weird because, you know, even in the press tours where, uh, where he was backstage uh, on the, on Adrian Broner, Mikey Garcia fight, where he was holding a presser there, you know, he was, he was cocky. He was arrogant. He, he certainly was taking a lot from Floyd Mayweather, not just talking about the boxing skills, but the personality. And it was, it was certainly really weird because I don't know if Javante Davis has that kind of same natural charisma that Floyd Mayweather has to so certainly pull it off. I don't know if he's trying to do too much, but when I first met Javante Davis eight months ago, this was not this is not how how he acted. He wasn't flamboyant. He was you know sitting in the corner of a room, you know minding his own business. So I don't know what's what's up in, with Javante for the past few months. Should that have been a DQ? Absolutely. I mean, there was no, there was no way that the Nevada State Athletic Commission, Bob Bennett, could simply look at that and it's like, eh, you know what, it's a legit, it's a legit KO. The referee, uh, and i, I forget forgetting who was the referee in, in that fight, I don't remember, I don't think it was, Vic, I don't know if it was Victor Draculich referee for that fight, but he had the perfect vantage point to see that hit, and he somehow didn't call it a DQ. I am that probably the most baffling thing from this entire night. How is that not a DQ? And Fonseca, I feel really bad for him because he had a chance to win a world title. He looked good. After the first few rounds, Fonseca looked good. He looked, he was bringing the fight to Javante Davis, and Davis certainly was not prepared for Fonseca. And I give him a lot of credit for him not just stepping up to the plate and, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if he would have won the fight in the cards, but he certainly would have made it a lot closer. I just feel bad for him.
0: Also, Davis didn't necessarily look good in the post-fight interview. Uh, somebody who did look good, do Jack. He looked very good working the body of Nathan Cleverly. He looked excellent. Uh, Tabidi picked up a win. What
2: stood out to you on the remainder of the undercard? Um, two things. I don't know. I guess two and a half. One, Tabidi. Oh, my goodness. Tabidi, you were not what I expected. He, I mean, he he fought an extremely smart fight, but, you know, this was a perfect chance to showcase your power because Tabidi has a tremendous power, especially in the Cruiserweight division. And he could have made a statement to the rest of the Cruiserweight division who was in the World Boxing Super Series. And say your guys are done with that. I'm coming after the super series winner. I don't really look that impressive to me. Second thing you mentioned, Bono Jack looked unbelievable. I mean, it was probably the best career move for him to move from 168 pounds to 175 pounds. Get that, those seven pounds of leeway. It worked out tremendously. And, and also on the on, give a little shout out to the Fox prelim card, which was actually a really good Fox prelim card. Like, the mm-hmm. name, in terms of name value, it shouldn't have been this good. The main event, your Danis your Ugas versus Thomas DeLorme. That was a really entertaining fight. And I Ugas might be on the verge of, you know, becoming a a, a good name in the welterweight division. I mean, he's not going to fight for a world title anytime soon. Not a chance, especially with how loaded the welterweight division is. Um, but you know what? Ugas... You know, and he's looked good in the past four fights. He's looked really good. I think he's on the verge of maybe fighting for a regional title. And who knows, if he keeps winning, he could maybe set himself up for a world title shot maybe in 2019.
0: You all can get more great boxing analysis from Carlos virtually every day at Fightful.com, especially that Fightful boxing newsletter. Uh, as we go off the air here, we will have the, the Mayweather McGregor post-fight press conference streaming on Fightful.com. Showdown, Joe Ferraro. Your lasting impressions of this fight, this unbelievable event
1: that we have experienced. I think it lived up to the hype. I really do. I, I'm, I'm just again, it's it's in terms of of, of addressing the question there's going to be an MMA slash UFC bias heading into this, this, this opinion, because that's the only way I looked at this. I know it was a boxing match, uh, but it was a UFC guy stepping in there to take on a boxing guy. Uh, And, and to be honest with you, I'm I'm so proud of Conor McGregor considering where he came from four or five years ago, being on, you know, social assistance uh, on welfare and, and just, exploding into who he is today and to be able to just get so big that he actually did more than guys like George St. Pierre, Chuck Liddell, Chael and Anderson Silva and supersede the UFC and get into a whole new realm uh, that is boxing And, and to be that guy that was able to fight not just in a boxing match but against Floyd Mayweather and the fact that he went 10 rounds with Floyd Mayweather whether we want to say Floyd Mayweather carried the fight or not so Overall, the storyline for me was a fantastic one. Um, you know, the, the only way it could have been better from, again, my biased perspective would have been if Conor McGregor was to knock out Floyd Mayweather. If he had done that, it would have been absolutely huge for the UFC in the world of mixed martial arts. But I still think it's a victory for the UFC and MMA the way Conor McGregor did perform and did last uh, up until those 10 rounds. He did land some good shots on Floyd Mayweather. It's just the fact that he had never fought pro. Okay? Floyd Mayweather is, is – He's 15-0 right now. So overall, I think it was exactly what we were expecting. Um, you, know, uh, you know, there were so many different things that you and I had talked about leading up to this fight. I mean, would Conor McGregor throw an elbow, a, a kick, a spinning back fist, a spinning kick? You know, it, it's all that kind of stuff there. Would we have seen a no contest? That what we saw was Conor McGregor butting down on his mouthpiece, stepping into the ring, and, and, and boxing Floyd Mayweather and the better boxer won today. No ifs, ands, or buts. So uh, my overall impression... I'm satisfied, very satisfied. I've seen people in the chat say, you know, it was worth the 99 bucks. It was worth the 100 bucks. I agree, you know. So I, I, I'm I'm happy for for Conor. Very happy for Floyd getting that 50-0. Although people will probably put an asterisk against that, but you know what? To me, I loved it. As am I. I thought it was a fun show.
0: I thought it was a great performance from both men. I, I liked it. I thought that both men came out looking the way they needed to look. Uh, Dana White says he would prefer. Conor McGregor to not box anymore, but that Polly Malignaggi paycheck is sitting there waiting for him. And it may be the biggest of Polly's career as well. Like that's, that's a pretty big fight. Carlos, what are your lasting impressions of this show as you covered it?
2: You know, from the, from the start, from top to bottom, I actually have some good, some, some uh, relatively high expectations for this card Cause, There were a lot of really good prospects. We had two world title fights. We had a phenomenal Cruiserweight prospects. I thought most of those fights delivered. I thought the main event probably was the biggest surprise in a good way by a long shot. And Conor McGregor, you've earned my respect as a boxer. And I I think I speak for a lot of the boxing faithful that in, in saying you've earned you know, our collective respect. Now, do us a favor. If you're not gonna fight Paul and Naji please go back to the UFC because you certainly kick ass at UFC as well. And kinda wanna see I'm actually curious to see who's um Connor is going to defend uh again um we fighting especially with Kevin UFC. Lee
0: and Tony Ferguson fighting. Because Habib passed on that fight then said, No 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 give it to me and Dana White said, Too late, Playboy. We already booked the fight. So who knows? And Conor McGregor said that he wants to fight Habib in Russia. Who knows how serious he is there? Also, a little dangerous, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, guys, I want to uh, atmosphere. Guys, I want to be- thank all of you for joining us for the Fightful Podcast. We don't call it an MMA, wrestling, boxing podcast. This is just a Fightful Podcast. Even though we covered a boxing event, you can follow Carlos at Carlos Toro three sixty, Joe at Showdown Joe. You can follow me at Sean Ross Sapp and follow us at Fightful Online cross-platform. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We got it all. We're breaking news all the time. We have interviews all the time. We have great forums where you can talk about anything from movies to TV to sports, boxing, MMA, wrestling, video games. We have it all. Photos, videos, podcasts. Fightfulpods.com has all of our archived shows uh, with the likes of Shane Helms, Matt Riddle, Vince Russo, Elias Theodorou the colorful Sean Pearson, Patrick Cote, tons of names that we had run podcasts with us in the past. Thank you all so much for making this one of our most listened to, most watched live podcasts that we've ever done. At 2.30 in the morning Eastern time, you boys are going to sleep after I cover this damn presser.
2: I mean, I'm not going to sleep either because I have to cut because I have to do a recap article on the HBO card that was running at the same time. Hey! But, yeah. But also, I want to give a special shout out to Miguel Cotto really quick. He looked phenomenal in his fight against Yoshihiro comic Guy. And Kamei looked fantastic and taking the fight to Cotto. And for those of you that want to see a damn great Hall of Famer boxer, watch the Miguel Cotto fight. It you know, It's a really, really fun fight in my opinion. Floyd
0: Bayweather has said that the pay-per-view servers in California and Florida crashed. That's why they stalled. Joe, anything to add before we go?
1: Yeah, just to echo your point uh, and what you guys are talking about with Conor McGregor, who will he fight next in the UFC? Uh, will it be the winner of Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson? Uh, no, and it will not be the UFC's call. Uh, as I wrote before on FightfulMMA.com, it'll be Conor's decision who he fights next, and I believe it'll be Habib. Uh, and if you go read that article, you'll see why, because if you take a look at Habib's, just at the social media following, In comparison to those two other gentlemen, Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee, it's not even close. The money, the next money fight for Conor McGregor is Habib Nurmagomedov. It is neither Tony Ferguson or Kevin Lee, and the UFC knows this, and Conor will make it very clear to them that that's the money fight that he wants.
0: Follow us. Fightful.com, guys. We're podcasting all the time. We're out. This is the story of the
3: one.